All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Man on Podcast. Just um, me and Martin today. Darren's under the weather, um, so we're doing a pod this week. Um, obviously, still in the middle of the game week, so we're doing a pod about the premium players um, because there's obviously quite a few of them in each position, and I think now we're getting to the point of a season where pretty much all of them are viable to own. I think there's been there's been moments this year when we haven't wanted them all. There's been moments where we've wanted some and not others, and it's been quite easy to to budget around that. But for this next batch of games coming up, certainly up until sort of game week 26, it feels like there's we're coming into a period of the season where all of the, what you call premium players at their price point are all kind of viable. So yeah, how you doing, Martin? Sorry, I've gone off on a tangent and not introduced us properly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's all right, mate. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um... Yeah, um, yeah, I'm in a good mood. Probably having one of the one of the better game weeks of the season so far. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy. Pretty happy. I was doing quite well. I felt like I was like ten or twelve points above um, average until Liverpool played yesterday, and I didn't have any Liverpool players. And I had Solanke captain against Liverpool, which obviously led to nothing. So uh, probably back down now to like a reasonable game week, but still, still not bad. Yeah, I think uh, you. In an unusual spot where you're you're going to have to catch me up, <laughs> not not by much, but not oh, by much. But yeah. first game week this season is it? Where I'm not top of the man on group. It feels like I've been that way for a good 15, 20 weeks or so. It feels like, but I've lost my top. It feels like you were like you. It feels like you were top all of last season as well. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, you 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 can play it. You can play it cool and uh, yeah, yeah. Show how much you don't care. But I'm I I I'm going to come right out of it. I'm I'm pretty chuffed that I've actually managed to go top of the man on league for for a change. Nice, a long way to go, but we're still we're in next year, right? We both got all of our chips. We both got similar decisions. I think coming up, not that our teams are alike right now, but I feel like no similar positions and different budgets, and this might help both of us, right? Because I think we're both. It's fair to say both considering a wild card soon. And probably the reason yep. is around this topic because at the moment I only have Salah, who's obviously injured. All the other ones probably we're going to discuss here. I oh I have a couple of the other sort of fringe premiums, but the main premiums I've only got Salah. So no Trent, no Haaland, no De Bruyne. And are you the same now? Um yeah, yeah, don't have any of them. So yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely a reason to to consider the wild card, isn't it? Um yeah, I suppose that's the point of the pod, isn't it? Like, how do we get all of these guys back in? What order do we get them back in? Um, who's going to ultimately miss out? So, yeah. Cool. So we'll move on. Uh, we'll go through them one by one. That's the way we've set this up. So all of the sort of the seven, I think, premiums, six, seven premiums we're going to look at here. Just some season-long data about all of them, some sort of more recent data about all of them um, and, and what we've got coming up. So we'll, we'll start with with Erling Haaland. I say both of us sold him numerous weeks ago. Obviously turned out to be a good move. I think both of us felt like the injury was maybe worse or more long lasting than what maybe we, some people initially thought it was. Still no real insight into when he's coming back. Um, even when he does come back, is he going to start? Is he going to be on the bench? Is it going to be another reoccurring injury when he does come back? Is he going to play for 20, 25 minutes and then feel something and then it's going to put him out for longer again. I'm, I'm going to compare this a little bit to Paul Torres right now because he obviously got injured for Villa around Christmas time, missed two or three games, then was deemed fit enough to be on the bench for Aston Villa's away game with Burnley, but Clement Longley started and then I think was ill 
and during the second half was too ill to carry on. And because of what we had on the bench that day, we had to throw Pau Torres on. He played 30 minutes, I think, 40 minutes of that second half of that Burnley game. We haven't seen him again since, not in the squad around the FA Cup. No real update about how long he's going to be out for, all these sorts of things. So obviously just playing for that 30 minutes in a match environment did enough to sort of cause concern around the reoccurrence of that injury. I'm not saying Haaland's got the same problem as that or anything like that, but he's an awkward one to put back in any Haaland at the moment because there's just too many unknowns mm. still around him. Yeah, it is tough because I think... Um... Well, I won't do this all the way through and spoiler the last slide completely, but I think he'd probably be the the first one that you'd want back, wouldn't he? Like, if you know he's available, then you definitely the temptation would be there just to throw him straight back in, um, even though he takes up so much budget. I think you would. Well, I think I would. If Pep says he's in the squad for Burnley, then he's just coming back in, and if and if he gets a reoccurrence of an injury or. Um, or anything like that, then I think you just have to put that down to bad luck. I think for me, I would bring him straight back in. Um, I think the thing with him as well, there's a bit of an opportunity. Like you see there, his ownership's down to 51%. So a good chunk of that's going to be dead teams. Some of it will be people that held for the initial two or three weeks and now are just like, well, and then just were like, well, I may as well just wait for him to come back now. But there's there's a big chunk of the game there, I think, that, maybe might get themselves in a in a pickle with this and may, some people might struggle to get him back in so you'd be ahead of them if you do it straight away um, some people will have to take hits to do it and other people will do it and then realise afterwards that they're really restricted to do any other moves so I think the people that have left money in the bank or kind of been organised about this are in a really good spot where they can actually really benefit from owning Haaland rather than it just be oh, well, everyone's got Haaland, so it doesn't matter. So I think if you put all of those factors together, he's the best player in the game. Um, he's the most captainable asset. Um, you could actually get some benefit from owning him outside of, well, that's just, yeah, everybody's got him. Then for me, he's kind of number one. Yeah, he is for me as well. Just some some data on the screen for those on audio. So 14 goals is the most amongst strikers, despite the fact he hasn't played since mid-December. Um, he's, he's top for XG amongst strikers he's top for a combination of goals and assists and he's top for XGI obviously no recent data for Haaland because he hasn't been playing so yeah I agree he's, for the game week 25 double is the week you want him right two home games um, double confirmed he's my chosen captain for that week regardless of who else is playing De Bruyne, Salah whoever else if I had them all he would still be the one I'd want a captain that week but my decision is how urgently do I want him back in how urgently do I need him back in and at the moment, in, if I don't play my wild card, so at the moment I still haven't activated. And if I don't, I need to sell Salah to to get him in. And obviously a striker to free up the spot for him. So it's two moves really to to, to get to him. I'd probably do it from Alvarez if, if I was going to sell him. Um, sell Alvarez to get to Haaland. It's, it's how quick do I want to do this? Do I want to do this in game week 22, where he's obviously got a really good home game against Burnley. And if you knew he was starting, he'd probably be the captain did one. Um, 23 against Brentford I feel like I can take it or leave it you'll know more than me about how bad Brentford defence is but you've got two of them and I've only got one but I'm still not I still want to sort of go all all out to get him for that week 24 at home to Everton would be nice to own but Everton aren't conceding bucket loads of goals lately 
So I feel like he could wait until 25 and get as much clarity and as much information as we can about him. And then feel like if you feel like you've got enough, then he's going to play both the games and you can get him in and captain him. Where the three weeks leading up to it, even if we hear he's in the squad for 22, he's going to play minimal minutes, you would imagine, whether it's first half and come off at half time or come on for the last half an hour. I still don't think I'd trust it enough right now to want to captain him against Burnley. Um, from any comments Pep said then Brentford I say is an away game maybe he's the best captain maybe not Everton at home if you knew he would start I think he'd be a nice captain but Liverpool have got Burnley that week and they've got captainable assets as well so my feeling with him right now is yeah I think he is my top priority of the premiums but how urgent and if I wildcard this week I don't think I'll put him in I think I'd have three strikers with the intention of moving one to him in 25 um, whoever that happened to be right now. Um, it could be Solanke, for example. At 25, 26, he's got like Newcastle and Man City, I think. So you could go without him for a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, he is my top priority, but it's just a case of of when to do it. I'm, but yeah, I'm a little bit price-orientated. Will his price keep dropping? Will his price go back up? I don't, I don't know where his price will stand by game week 25, which is, which is one concern. But yeah, I want him, but he's probably... Not a priority in the sense that in the next two weeks, I want him. But by 25, definitely I want him, I think is where I stand with him. Okay. Yeah, I think I think for me, he'll be straight back in. If Pep says he's in the squad, he's in. But uh, do you have Foden? Because I, I don't, I, I don't yeah. have like, a, a Man City midfielder or anything like that either. So, um, I've got an Alvarez at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think that's a consideration for me as well, maybe. Um yeah, because those two home games, Burnley and Everton, like, like say he was absolutely fine. Um, I think there's two potential fairly big wins there. So yeah, for me, it'll be straight back in. I think my my, my dilemma is whether he's in for Alvarez or Solanke, um, which is a slightly different conversation. Because um, obviously, if you remove Alvarez for him, then um, that's that's not. An optimal with inverted commas move for game week twenty five is it? You're removing a you're removing a doubler for someone from the same team. Um, so I think that's a consideration for me because I, I think if I bring if I bring him in for Alvarez, I think I'll probably unless I take hits, which obviously is viable with two home games, then I'm struggling a little bit to have three man city for the double. Whereas if I do it for Solanke, I think it's fairly straightforward. I you know just carry Harland Alvarez. And then, um, like Richarlison could go to you know a Bernardo Silva or a Doku or maybe a Foden, depending on what else I do. Cool. Yeah. See, I've got my my plan without sort of going too deep. We'll get on to other players in a minute. But I, I think optimally for twenty five, I think I'd, I'm looking at getting Haaland, De Bruyne, and Foden now. Mm. So again, I need to read. Can I do that without a wild card? Tricky. Salah could become De Bruyne. Obviously, frees up some money. Does it free up enough to get a striker up to Haaland? No. So then I'm looking at other downgrades. I, I may be able to do it in three or four moves and the odd minus four. Um, but it's quite a lot of upset and quite a lot of planned transfers. And as soon as people start changing in price, then it becomes awkward if people go up or down in value. I'm going to have to be really on top of price changes because money's going to be really tight if I try and do that. So the wild card is the optimal solution. Whatever week that is between now and 25, even... You probably want, I wouldn't want to play it in 25, I don't think, because I feel like I want to play another chip. 
So it'd have to be 22, 23, 24. 24 could be nice, though. We might get a fair assessment on where we are with Liverpool by then. With And they've got, they come into those the potential double and the Burnley game in 24. So you can pick your Liverpool optimally then. And then maybe by then we'll have a bit more understanding about Haaland and De Bruyne's minutes and all these sorts of things by 24. So lots to weigh up. But I think if I had my, my choice right now, that would be where I'd get to where you're looking. That, that's why I'm happy to ditch Alvarez because I don't think he's in the three men city I'd really want now. Yeah. No, I agree with that. It's just, yeah, if, if you're try, trying to do it without a wild card, should you then keep him? But yeah, it's tricky. Tricky. So the second premium striker we'll look at, Ollie Watkins, he's second most uh, expensive right now at 8.9 million. Quite a few price rises this season and owned by 55.9% of managers. First thing to flag with him is though a real drop-off in performance in the last six game weeks compared to overall numbers for the season. So amongst strikers, again, this is nine goals for the season, puts him fourth. Um, his XG is 9.38, so he's six. So performing at his XG for, for number of goals matches expected goals, so pretty good. 17 goals and assists, so a really nice eight assists to go with a nine goals. Um, but his XGI is only 12.2, so overperforming in terms of his XGI over the season. Got five more returns than would be expected. Um, and minutes per chance at 30.2. In comparison then to the last six game weeks, so lots of factors weigh into this. Maybe Villa's fixtures were particularly tough. Maybe lost some supply line. Maybe the team played a bit differently with a few players injured and things. But the last six game weeks, only one goal for Watkins, which puts him 14th amongst strikers. Worryingly, his XG is only actually 1.2. So he's still performing in line with his XG as he has all season. 20th amongst strikers um, for XG in the last six game weeks for the second most expensive striker in the game. Just the three goals and assists, which puts him fifth. And his XGI is 2.25. So still outperforming his XG, uh, XGI. Minutes per chance has dipped slightly. So of all the players we're going to get to, without, again, too many spoilers, he's the, the big drop-off. Although he is still performing in line with his XG over the season. It's just obviously he's, maybe the chances Villa are creating for him aren't as plentiful and maybe aren't as good. But... Worrying last six game weeks, would you say, Martin, for, for, for Watkins? Um, well, I don't know. Is, is, is it worrying or or, or is it is this just Ollie Watkins? Like, I mean, you've, you've even said before as a Villa fan that he was quite a streaky player. So, I don't know. Maybe, is, is it actually really dangerous to sell him when he's gone a few a few games without a goal because he's going to go on, a, on another run? I, I'm really reluctant to take him out, I think. I just, I just feel like he's for me, it's between it's between him and Saka again. Well, <laughs> it's probably uh, predictable enough that we'll come on to Saka in a minute. But what I'm struggling to do is I've Watkins and Saka in the team like for prolonged periods. So, I mean, yeah, you're right to point out he's one of the most expensive forwards. But if you compare him to you know midfielders around Saka's price, then he's actually doing really well, isn't he? Like he's still. Even with this little barren run, he's still twelve points ahead of Saka, despite getting less points for a goal and no clean sheet points. And he's well, all right; he's only point two cheaper than Saka, but you get you get the point. Um, it's between those two for me. I think like, do you go three up front and carry Watkins, or do you go a five man midfield and carry Saka and maybe like a you know a deadhead forward? Um, that's what I'm 
wrestling with. But do you do you think? Well, you asked me the question: is it, is it worrying this run? Like you're a Villa fan, like actually, you know, paying close attention to him. Do you feel like he could go on another run again, or are you actually worried about his output? Uh, I do think he could go on another run again. He is, I, I said, as you said, I've said he's streaky for ages. He does still get a decent number of shots, at least most of the time. Maybe just not high XG shots based on the numbers on the screen. But he is still the player Villa tend to create for. I'm just at the point with him at the moment where with Ivan Tony coming back, having a double, and we know he's a talisman striker who's going to play 90 minutes every week and take penalties. We've got Dom Solanke, talisman striker, 90 minutes every week, takes penalties. We've got Haaland, who we want. Darwin Mm -hmm. Nunes is potentially going to have a double coming up. Of all of these sort of strikers right now, where does Watkins fit into this? No penalties. He, is, he does play 90 minutes and Villa are pretty good for scoring goals. But do we want to pay 8.9 million for a striker who is streaky, could score a hat-trick in any game week? Um, or would we rather drop that down to someone cheaper, whether that's Isak for about 7.5, whether that's Tony for 8, whether that's... Solanke and Darwin all that's around the 7 million mark that 1.5 million we're saving there could be the difference between a Saka and a De Bruyne or something and and that's, and that's what I'm thinking right now do I need is Watkins best if, if you've got him and you're not on a wild card I don't think there's any desperation to sell because the fixtures coming up are, are fairly good right Newcastle Sheffield United Man United Fulham Forest Luton Tottenham no blanks in the next seven you wouldn't be surprised if you scored in all those seven games. Um, and without going too deep about Darren, he's obviously been a bit disappointed with his team lately um, about maybe not doing as well as he thought it might. And you put the message to him that you wasn't sure if he was trying to take on too many highly owned players. So the issue with him is that because his team is a little bit different, he's either got to do really well in the game week if the template players blank and his team do well. Or flip reverse that Darren's going to do badly if the template does well and his players don't perform alongside that. Mm-hmm. And by taking on at the moment, if I wildcard this week, it, there's a there's a strong chance I don't have Watkins or Saka. So I'm taking two players out now who have got both of them are about 50% ownership. Yeah. I'm now falling into the Darren trap, if if that's such a phrase. And having sort of trying to advise him to make good FPL decisions and based on pods we've done earlier in the season around what it takes to do well that seems to go completely against the sort of things we've discussed. So I'm, I'm, it's on my mind not to take them both out. But at the moment, mm. everyone else in that I want to fit in, it, it is taking them both out, um, which then makes it awkward. So the, the thing, Watkins is different for me to you as well, right? Because if Watkins scores goals, I'm happy because it probably means Villa have won. And you, you don't really have that sort of feeling. So I, I can live happily that I take him out. If he does well, I'll probably still be grateful because Villa will be firmly in the mix for the top four. So yeah, I'm likely not to have him. I think is my feeling. I think there's three strikers you can have better, but three strikers you can have better. There, he, there he is sat there with uh, 121 points <laughs> so far. Do you not agree though that Harland <laughs> for the next batch of games, Harland's obviously got a double. Tony's got a double. Darwin is likely to have a double. And then Solanke, as we'll get, he's not on these slides, but a lot of these metrics right now that are on the screen where Tony's where Watkins is not doing great. Solanke is doing really well. I think he's second for XG amongst strikers after Haaland. He's bang up there in the last, I think he's top for the last six game weeks for XG and he's like 2 million cheaper. 
Are you going to want to take that player out who takes penalties in 90 minutes every week who's got great underlying numbers to pick Watkins mm. instead? I don't know. I'd say Solanke's better than Watkins right now. And I'd say then you've got yeah. some doublers in Haaland. Yeah, I think I think you I think you can have Watkins and Solanke though. I think Watkins and Tony and Tony is is interesting. Watkins has definitely got the better fixtures. Tony's got the penalties and the double. Um yeah, I think that one's interesting. I could I can see me maybe going Watkins and Tony Watkins to Tony like for the double. Um and then whether Watkins comes back and how quickly will depend on on a number of factors. I can see that happening. But um yeah, I think if I wildcarded for game week twenty two, then Watkins would be in it. He's probably the logical one you maybe could consider selling for Haaland in twenty five. We just spoke on if the you... last I just spoke mm. on the last slide about waiting till twenty five to get Haaland. If I go through with that plan, what Watkins might be the placeholder to, to make that happen for, for twenty five possibly. Yeah, if you yeah, if you do wanna leave Haaland that long, then yeah, that could make sense as well. Cool, we'll move on. They're the only two strikers we covered. So on to obviously midfield now and no better place to start than Mo Salah. Um, firstly, what's your thoughts, Martin, on when he might be back? Any any strong feelings about this? Uh, I wouldn't say strong feelings. I think the fact they've sent him home, um, you know, means it's it means it's got a certain level of severity to it. I think that's fair to say. Um and they're saying there was there were conflicting statements, weren't there? Liverpool said or Klopp said if he's fit for the final and Egypt make it, then he'll probably go back. And then the statement from Egypt was if he's fit for the semi-final when we make it, then he'll he'll come back. So, but I mean, yeah, either way, the the fact they sent him home obviously means you know there is a certain level of of seriousness to it. So I don't know. It's it's going to be a bit like the Haaland one, isn't it? It's like people can guess all they want, but at the end of the day, we're just we're going to react to the moment when Klopp says, "Yeah, he's fine. He's back in the squad, aren't we?" Um, so I think all we can do is is wait and react to that. It's I think it's harder for me than it is for you because I think I'm much more keen to have him than than you are. You're maybe happy to just go without him entirely, whereas I feel like I definitely want him for that twenty five double at least. So it does restrict me. Even if I wildcard, I've still got to think, well, how am I how will I get Salah in? And it stops me, you know, going straight for a KDB, for example, and just thinking, well, I won't have Salah, but I will have Haaland, KDB, and Foden for, you know, f- five weeks. Uh, while Mo might not even kick a ball. So I think that's the de- that's the de- the decision, isn't it? I'm really keen to have him, but um yeah, I just gotta wait for news. I don't know what you think. But- Quite funny, you don't have him and want him. I've currently got him and don't particularly want him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm on, I kept him up my bench just because I didn't want to take a hit to get rid of him last week. The 11 was fine without taking the hit. The issue for me right now is the wording of stuff. So all the all the wording I've heard around the injuries was he came off for, for Egypt with what was called tightness. Now, I don't know about you, but it's obviously a massive game for Egypt. It's... AFCON group stage, they hadn't won the first group game. Um, and your star player has got about a minute or 90 seconds until half time. If someone's generally got tightness in their hamstring, surely you would just 
you wouldn't substitute him at that point. You'd, you'd tell him you'd play the, the last 90 seconds with 10 men and have a look at half time, how severe his injury was, maybe get a massage mm-hmm. or something. Or he would just leave him on the pitch to, to roam around for 90 seconds. The fact that he's felt it seriously enough, or, or Egypt have felt it serious enough to bring him off in that in that calibre of game and that meaningfulness of game tells me it's more than tightness because I don't know if you agree you wouldn't you someone's a bit tight that, that's not the time to come off in the first half of a big game that close to half time so mm. I, I think it's something more severe than that um when was it now about four days ago I think it happened so yeah. if he's if he's torn a muscle in his hamstring I think the general recovery time for that's around about three weeks it, in, in most normal cases which I think is around about game week 24. So I wouldn't expect to see him until game week 24 as a bare minimum. And game week 24, maybe he comes on as a sub. So he's another one, a bit like Harlan now, that if you do want him, I'd be a bit concerned about, in my my personal sort of feeling is I'd be a bit concerned about getting him until game week 25 because he's another one that might be back for game week 24. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the squad for the game week 24 game with Burnley. But a bit like Harlan... It's, it's, you're looking at limited minutes and captaincy in 24 is now going to be awkward because Salah might be available and may get limited minutes against Burnley or might. Harlan might be available for Everton, might get limited minutes. You feel like you have to captain one of them too, I think. Mm. At, at least the thing with, to me at the moment, assuming Liverpool do get the double in 25 and the blank in 26, as we expect from League Cup progression, I don't see the point in getting Harlan, Salah in for game week 25 when I'm not going to captain him and he blanks the week after because it's probably a hit. It's probably messing up finances of the rest of your squad. All for what? He's not, you're not going to captain him. Fair enough, he's got high upside, but it's a transfer out again, realistically, because 28, he's got Man City, 29, he, he, there's a good chance he blanks again. So what are you really getting him in for? A double? Then it'll be a blank. Then he's got Nottingham Forest, fair enough. Decent game for him there. Then he's got Man City and another blank. Is it worth the expenditure? And say, so if you get him and Haaland together, you're looking at 27 million on two players, of which, can, yeah. can we have that right now? 27 million for two players? I think that's a lot. Yeah. Um, it is. We've yeah. got guaranteed that many minutes, I don't think, across the next sort of batch of games. No, I think that's fair. And that's what that's what makes it say makes it really awkward and that's what's putting me off wanting to wildcard this week a bit because yeah what what do you do about Haaland and Salah that's so much money and you're, you're wildcarding with uncertainty over so much of your budget like either bringing them in now or like having a plan to bring them in later that you may or may not need to execute it feels a bit it feels like it's a bit messy now um so maybe we should just try and muddle through um, at least for another couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, if if he was fit, if he was fit, you know, played the Burnley game was absolutely fine. Um, I'd, I'd be loath not to have him in the double game week. And I'd, even, I'd even be tempted to triple captain him. But again, coming back from an injury, is that the best idea? Um, maybe hamstrings, not. Hamstrings are not good injuries to come back from, as we keep finding out with Reese James, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Touch, touch wood. He's not going to be another East James. That would be a, um, a real shame. Uh, but yeah, no, you do make a good point. Yeah, he's coming coming back from a hamstring injury. Injury. 
blanks immediately after the double, then it's away to Forest, home to Man City, then probably a blank again. Yeah, it's not brilliant. I think there's there's definitely a strong argument for, oh, let's just not worry about Salah now and, um, and spread the money around. Um, I definitely see the argument for that. But it's very tempting to get all the best players, right? Because they generally get you the most points. As we can see from his data, last mm. all season amongst midfielders, he's comfortably ahead on all the metrics. Quiz question for you, Martin, quickly. Who do you reckon second amongst midfielders um, over, over the season for XG? Uh, what, so it's not well, Son? Uh, no, not Son. I'll give you one more guess. Uh, well, it's, it's not Salah. No. It's, he's first. So Salah's first. Uh, he's, oh, right. Okay. So it's Salah then. Uh, oh, it'd be something ridiculous like um, Wang or something. No, it's uh, Brian Mbwemo still. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that shows that, and Salah is so far ahead on XG numbers over the season compared to the okay. next builders. But this is what we're talking about. When you when you look to downgrade Salah, all the other midfielders, uh, there's obviously plenty of good picks within them, but there's none of them massively putting their hand up and saying, you must come and get me. All of their numbers are, are fairly similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Embuemo is still second for expected goals, I think that's a bit of a worry in terms of the alternatives for Salah. That you look at players like Foden, you look at players like Jota, you look at players like Bowen, but even those guys still can't get ahead of Brian Embuemo for XG over over a whole season. Where Embuemo's barely played for about two months, right? So yeah. you do go without Salah, and you're looking at maybe putting five in midfield. There's going to be quite a few punts in there, I think. Maybe or you know, no Salah, you can easily. You can just go Harlem, Watkins, Tony, right? Um, or, yeah, go cheap in midfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be a shame. But I, th- I think, yeah, I think the summary is there is, there's definitely an argument now um, for just, um, just forget about him and spread the money around. Make sure you've got the three Man City doublers that you want. Um, yeah. And, and go from there. I definitely see the case for that. But again, it could all change, right? If he's if he's back, if he starts the Burnley game and scores a hat trick, then everyone's gonna gonna find a way to buy him, aren't they? Not me, probably, but everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll move on to Kevin De Bruyne. There's obviously not much data to go on here. Um, those numbers are. I don't know why I've left first underneath those. Uh, those numbers aren't actually right for Kevin De Bruyne. I don't know what I've done there. Um, but he's obviously only played. Um, two matches I think or was it opening day he played some minutes and then came on um, against Newcastle so only 13 points for the season somehow he's in 17.2% of teams already though despite the fact he's only played come back for one game his ownership mm-hmm. is I would say quite high it's not that far off Salah's now um, just from that yeah. one appearance um, he's the big fly in the ointment right I'm surprised so many people bought him in considering he's barely going to start a game for the foreseeable Obviously, people have got quite lucky to get that many points, 12 points, whatever it was, for 20-minute cameo. But when we're looking at what we do with our with our big budgets and the fact we want triple Man City and who, who do we go to, if Salah is off the table a little bit more or becomes difficult because of his limited minutes and because of his, his fitness, my, my view is De Bruyne comes back on the table again because, again, he's another one, a bit like I've said about Haaland and Sadler. I don't think you need to make a decision or you don't ideally want to make a decision until game week 25, in which case he's had three more league games plus maybe some other games as well 
to sort of get his match fitness up, to get his minutes up, to sort of overcome his injury a little bit more. I'm not saying he'll start both games in double in game week 25 by any stretch, but I'd like to think by then his minutes numbers will be his X minutes will be higher. Um, and if we get an Man City double and we've got the budget to do it, you'd want him with Haaland, wouldn't you? I think so. At the moment, I feel like I'd rather punt him for sort of two and a half million less than Salah. Plus, I get a fixture out of him in game week 26, so I haven't got a worry about getting 11 out for that week because De Bruyne should get some minutes if he doesn't start and then in the same way you'd probably be looking to move Salah and you might have to move De Bruyne on because he's got Liverpool in game week 28 and he might blank in 29 against Brighton as well so I'm just looking at it more if I have to pick one of them for three or four weeks and I'm not going to captain either of them then I may as well get De Bruyne because at least he plays 26 um maybe he hasn't got the upside of Salah I don't know but the money saving could be so useful elsewhere that Mm. probably until yesterday I wasn't massively considering De Bruyne I thought it was just sort of people getting a bit carried away on the wrong bandwagon but the more I think about it and the more I look at these midfield numbers with no one having especially high XG that makes them really stand out as an own he's coming more onto my radar now De Bruyne yeah and like you say while there's uncertainty around Salah and Haaland you know he's back and he's fit so yeah I can understand why people would just jump straight on him because he's he's here, he's playing, um, and yeah, you could you could gobble up a load of points from him while other people just sit with money in the bank, saying, "Well, I can't get De Bruyne, so I want to get Salah." And then yeah, Salah turns out not to be much use. So yeah, I I do get it. I think my argument against it. Again, this is where Salah makes it really messy. Is that De Bruyne's a lot of money for someone that you'll never captain because, you know, you'll always probably captain Ireland unless you're unless you're trying to take a punt against the crowd. And Salah does give you a genuine alternative option. Um, but yeah, the longer the longer we think Salah's going to be out for, I think De Bruyne is more appealing. But do, is he definitely? Is he definitely the? I'm just thinking like last season. He wasn't that popular last season, right? He was, everybody thought, oh, he's, he's a bit expensive, and he's come down in price a little bit. I think. Like, do you think? Do you think it's more important that, say, for someone like me that doesn't have Foden, do you think it's more important that it might unlock something in Foden or somebody else, or do you think he's definitely the one to get? Um. I think he's the one to get. I'm only judging it on sort of the cameo he had against Newcastle, but all of a sudden the sort of um, composer of the orchestra was back almost. And the the, whole, the way the whole team sort of set up and positionally sort of changed around, all adapted for De Bruyne. He was basically given that prime quarterback licence to basically play in the middle, run the game. And everyone's positions adapted around him. I think Foden, who who'd spent most of the game playing sort of fairly centrally, ended up playing his average position in the De Bruyne period on the pitch was wider. He naturally just took up a position more out wide to the right um, and, and things like that. So the team did completely look to be built around him and his strengths and giving him the best sort of space to do what he needs to do. So I still think he's going to be... The, the chief creator. I'm not saying he'll play all the minutes because, again, he's mm. had an injury and they've got a squad that can adapt around that. 
But we know what he's like for getting bonus points for not doing very much. You can get one assist to get bonus in some Man City games, right? Um, I, I get you're not going to captain him, but and I, I, I wouldn't normally pay 10.5 million for him either. But I think there's periods of a season where players you look at in FPL that you kind of look at as being overpriced, you still feel like you need them. We're coming into one of these batches now. I think 8.5 for Trent is too much. But when you're getting Burnley at home in a double, I think it's really hard for those two weeks to think I'm not going to own him, even if he's overpriced. I think De Bruyne, you're getting the fact he's got a game in 26 and a double and his minutes are not bad right now. I think it's hard to go without him. I think Watkins, I think in, in normal circumstances, 9 million for a player of his outputs too much. But again, he's got good fixtures. He's got safe minutes. I can see why people would want to keep him. Um, there's a lot of players at the minute who naturally I view as... the. You, 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 I'm not saying you're always right when you do this, but I'm generally trying to put a price on a player based on their output or their expected output. And I can be pretty bad at thinking this player's overpriced in my eyes. Therefore, I'm not going to get them because it, to me, they're not offering value for money. And it bites me on the arse sometimes when I try and view it like that by sort of not getting certain players in because I don't feel like I should pay that much for them. But there also comes like little little blocks of fixtures where that sort of goes out the window, especially if we're going to play the wild card soon. Getting De Bruyne for a couple of weeks, then maybe thinking about moving him on to, to Sun or to Madison or something in a couple of weeks when, and that frees up money. I think Trent, you've got the opportunity to move to a Newcastle defender in a couple of weeks. That will free up money. Um, there's enough players, I think, sort of coming up in in the four or five weeks time who come into like half decent games. Now, at that point, I wouldn't mind a Botman or maybe even a Livramento if Newcastle have sold Trippier by then in Trent's case. I wouldn't mind a bit more clarity around Tottenham when all their players are back. We'll get we'll probably get some evidence on how they'll set up once Madison's back, once Sun's back, where Werner, Richarlison, Kulisevsky will fit in. And you'll kind of get a bit more grasp on what Tottenham's first choice team is by sort of game week 27, 28. Would De Bruyne do a job for me for that sort of four or five week window until I'm ready to take a take a pun on a on a Tottenham midfielder? I think he does. So it's these things like that. I think there's I think he's overpriced and I think his output could be varied, but for four or five weeks, it might be a bit stupid not to have him right when he's got a double, is the way I'm viewing it at the minute. Mm. But you can't yeah. have a you say if you if you're prioritizing Salah and Haaland, and I said if not just you but anyone, you probably can't fit the Bruyne in as well, even with a wild card, right? All three of them is too much. I think it is, yeah. I think it is, yeah. It's really, it's really difficult. Um, it's yeah, it massively for me. It massively depends on the on the view on Salah. If you if you take the view that Salah's not going to be fully fit until game week twenty five, and even then his minutes might be managed a little bit, um, then I think there's a really strong case to just go and get De Bruyne now because you're getting the benefit of it from you know immediately, aren't you? And then you haven't got to worry about Salah. And this is um, my if I'm got a wild card that do, do I how many of these players do I get now with concerns around them because. Be the best one in the world. If you want them all in game week 25, you can't make four transfers in game week 25. Defeat the object to the wild card a little bit. Yeah, so you yeah. can't you can't wait for all of them. <laughs> Everyone we've looked at so far, we keep so I keep saying at least we need to wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
I've come around to it a bit, KDB. <laughs> we move on. So here's another one in the Watkins mould a little bit. Say Bukayo Saka. If anyone that's owned him for the last sort of eight to ten game weeks, I think feels they're more frustrated than delighted by his output. But you can see by his numbers that his numbers haven't been overly bad, I wouldn't say. Um, maybe his XG is still fourth amongst midfielders in the last six game weeks. XGI is still third amongst midfielders in the last six game weeks. So his underlying numbers are still not bad. Um, but when asked to step on the pitch, he just maybe just because you've got higher expectations of him or higher expectations of Arsenal, you kind of feel like you should be getting more than you're getting from him. He he is actually, Saka, the, the, the most awkward, I think, for my wildcard. And I think I've come, so without spoiling the last, so I think I've come to terms that I'm not having Watkins. Saka's the, the one of all of them that I can't make a commitment to. There's element, parts of me that don't want him. And if I want everyone else that I, that I actually want, I'm a little bit short in terms of budget. So I'm going to have to downgrade someone, which could be him, could be someone else. Um, and I look at it and think, do I do I desperately need him? Uh, the fixtures are, are fine. A couple of decent away games with Burnley and Sheffield United coming up. Again, high ownership. Do I really want to take that on in case he does go mad in the game? But do I really see him getting double-digit returns? Probably not at the moment, I don't. So I, I'm finding him the most awkward to make a commitment to at the moment. I don't know about you with, with him. Yeah, he's definitely on the chopping block for me. The trouble is because he, he's useful from a fixtures perspective, isn't he? Kind of. Um, and if Chelsea, if Chelsea do manage to get themselves knocked out by Middlesbrough, it'd be even more useful, won't he? Um, but I've got a midfield at the moment of Jota, Richarlison, Saka, Palmer, and Gordon. Um, so I've got no Salah, no KDB, no Phil Foden. Um, so some something's got to give somewhere for for the double game week, isn't it? Um, and I'm I'm loath to sell Jota even more so now after after last night. Um, he's got the double game week coming up. So obviously Palmer offers a lot of value that I could just hold. Yeah, I can't sell him. Um, so it's yeah, so it's like it's. Mighty Who's Saka that has to go. Gordon Saka Richarlison. Mm, yeah. So probably it's probably Richarlison, Saka and Gordon. Um, you know, could all could all leave, really. Because I've got no Man City midfield at the moment. Um Yeah. And he's near enough in price, especially to De Bruyne, right? If you people did suddenly mm. want De Bruyne for the double, you don't have to find too much, right, in terms of budget. Yeah, exactly. And I got so I got Harlan to get in as well. Like one of you know one of those three probably needs to go down to like a Garnacho or something. Um, if you know if I've got designs on keeping Watkins, this is why I said earlier. Like it, it's a, I think it's a little bit down to who I prefer to keep out of Saka and Watkins because they're the two kind of cash cows um, that will help me get you know Trent because I don't have Trent either at the moment. Um, it's probably one of those two that needs to go. I think, and I think I'm more inclined to keep Watkins at the moment. Saka frees up more. Him down to Garnacho. I don't know what you paid for Saka, but you're looking at four million saving. I so say if you took him down to Garnacho, right? You're not going to get free up four million from selling Watkins. No. So in terms of freeing up budget, it kind of makes sense. 
Um, I say that the, the the current wildcard draft I've got, if I do go through with it this week, is 0.6 short of being affordable. Um, and I'm looking at it now and thinking, who do I have to who do I downgrade from this team? It's got Solanke in it, but downgrading him 0.6 takes me down to that like Acuna sort of striker or Joel Pedro or someone. I don't know if I really want to downgrade for that. Um, I could lose Tony for a bit to Darwin. That would free up the exact money to do it. But do I really want Darwin over Tony? Not long term, I don't. Um, so Saka down to someone who's around about 7 million. Even Martinelli, it could be just move that downgrade. It could be Bowen, could be Pascal Gross. Um, wouldn't mind keeping a spot open for Huang. Um, at some point soon, things like that, because Wolves are not bad for, in a few game weeks' time. And when he's back from Asia Cup, I think I, I wouldn't mind having him. So I don't have Gordon, so I could just do Saka down to Gordon and that frees up three mil and then I can afford everything I want to afford. But, so he's, he's underlying numbers. The last six game weeks are good. Third, say third for XGI amongst midfielders. Say so one, he's only got one goal and assist in the last six game weeks. So he's 48th amongst midfielders in the last six game weeks for goals and assists, which is obviously worrying, but third for XGI. So just going through a little stage of bad variance slash underperformance, but I expect that to pick back up, but is he going to pick up to the point where he's going to start getting 12, 13 pointers? If he starts going on a little run of getting sixes and eights for 9 million, I think I can deal with that. I should, I'd hopefully with the rest of my team be able to cover that off is what I'm thinking. If I, if I may cover like fairly shrewd decisions, but it's it just playing in the back of my mind that comment to Darren about you've gone too far sort of away from the template. And if I sell Saka and Watkins, that's a big drop away from the template for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's massive, massively away from it. Um, yeah, like game week, game week 25, one of them plays Burnley, one of them plays Fulham. Like that could be... <laughs> That could be uh could be painful, couldn't it? Um, yeah, I mean to be fair, even game week twenty three, you know, it's Liverpool, but it's a home game for Saka. Villa have got Sheffield United. Yeah, it does look a bit scary not to have either of them. I must admit. Yeah, we've got to have a, a week or so to to commit to this wild card. But we'll move on here to last one. So just Trent from the defenders. Um, I was eight point five million. I do think it's high ownership at 20% right now. The good news with him is at least that the the, the vibes about his return are, are a bit more positive, that he's, he should be back even for the next game week. I think Klopp said he wasn't going to be back for the Bournemouth game. Um, there was a possibility at least he might be back for Chelsea. I've got no reservations. He'll definitely be back for game week 24, where all the other ones might not be. Mm. Um, and I, th- I feel like I want him. I th- of all of the ones we've spoken about and the comment I made about five minutes ago about getting people in for the right fixture runs. He he could do very well across game week 24 and 25. There they could be three clean sheets for Liverpool in there. And if he gets one or two attacking returns, he's going to have a couple of monster game weeks, right? Yeah. Um, and the fact Liverpool seem to have tightened up at the back recently is more encouraging because one of the reasons I thought he was overpriced and wasn't going to get him in was because I felt like Liverpool needed to be keeping a clean sheet sort of 40-50% of games to make him worth 8.5. The attacking output's fine, but it's not through the roof outrageous, um, Trent. So he's still, clean sheets are still the main source of his points. And up until sort of the last three or four game weeks, I haven't felt like Liverpool are that reliable for clean sheets, but he has picked up a bit. 
So if they're a bit more trustworthy, I'm a bit more inclined to, to punt him for a couple of weeks, I think, before moving on to probably a Newcastle defender in game week 26 is what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, I've got similar similar thoughts to that. And if there are doubts over Salah, his ownership for that double is just going to be insane, isn't it? Because everybody's going to be able to afford it. Um, so again, another one where, you know, what what's the basis of taking it on? Is it just like pure stubbornness? Like there's no doubt and he's a great player that can be massively explosive, is there? So like you say, I think sometimes there's just a clutch of fixtures where a player like this is, if you're ignoring it, um, kind of yeah on, on what basis really I think he's he's high on the high on the list for me I mean even, even if Salah's fine and Haaland's fine he's still pretty high on the on the, up on the list for me yeah just look at his numbers so not, not amazing for a defender of his cost he's only got five goals and assists this season still puts him fourth amongst defenders just one in the last six game weeks XGI of 2.55 uh, higher than Ollie Watkins by the way, <laughs> but um, second amongst defenders for in the last and Saka, I think possibly even in the last. Go back and have a look on the other slides, but numbers yeah, are fine. He's but considering how much more expensive than other defenders he is, his numbers you feel like you expect Salah to be well ahead of the other midfielders, and he is. But he's, the price factors into that. Trent isn't dominating the other defenders for these attacking metrics. The way Salah is the other midfielders, like Poro is close to him in quite a lot of things. Trent and his still even now, so a two and a half mil cheaper. So mm. I can see why people might not want to get Trent because I don't think these numbers, as good as he looks, justify the price, I don't think. But yeah, if he's, he's, he's look at his minutes per chance created up in the last six game weeks compared to his season long. Um, I say more, more for me, it comes down to Liverpool's um higher likelihood of keeping a clean sheet. I think the hard part for a lot of people is probably mostly of you, Martin, here, because you don't really have a premium in your team at all at the moment. Yeah. There'll be a lot of tearing your team up to free up loads of money here for these premiums you want. And for the fact that the runs of games for these teams are maybe two or three game weeks, is the upside enough from Trent, from Salah, from De Bruyne, from Haaland, that you're going to have to start possibly using the odd hit, possibly selling players you don't really want to sell? solely for the reason of accommodating a, a higher price player who, say in Trent's case, the numbers don't suggest that he's going to go mad in the double. Mm-hmm. How much tearing up of your team are you going to have to do to free up sort of three million to upgrade a defender to Trent? Is, is his upside really worth it? It's an expectation. Uh, What's known, isn't it, I guess, is what it is. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Like, you know, we will know what Trent can do, right? And if he's got a double game week there that's against two of the bottom six or two of the bottom seven or, or whatever it is, then, yes, it's difficult to resist, isn't it? And I say especially, and if there are any doubts about Salah, that will just that will just push the drive to have Trent like even higher. It's like, well, if I'm not having Salah, I'm definitely having Trent. Like, it will be like that, won't it? So... Instead of two safe assets from Liverpool at a time when we, we all probably want three Liverpool for their likely double. There's obviously trust issues with a lot of their team, as there is with Man City to a point as well. So it feels a bit daft to turn down the one or two safe ones that do exist that still offer routes to points, right? And which is one of them. So 
yeah, I can see why people are going to get him. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure I'll have him. I can't see a world where I won't have him by game week 25, if I'm honest. Uh, we'll, we'll jump on. So we just did one little slide here to, to finish quickly of all of the players we've looked at. And we tried to put them in some sort of ranking order in terms of how we would prioritise if we had to only have one, which one would we have? Then which would the second one would be we would add? And mm. it's good that we're quite different. So we both put Harlan on top, which is fine. Um, interesting for you, though, you've gone Salah second. Um, yeah. And I've put him near yeah. the bottom. Again, it's massively circumstantial, isn't it? Um, about how bad this injury is. But I mean, yeah, if I guess I've kind of worked on the basis that he'll be back by game week 24. Um, because that's what you know, a lot, a lot of people that's what a lot of what I've read. I think that's dr drilled into my subconscious now, although it may, may or may not turn out to be true. But I think this is on the basis that he'll be back by game week 24 and absolutely fine for the double. Um, I think in that situation, then he would be a high priority for me. But if there starts to become any murmurings that, you know, that he might not be back until the double, I think that would start to worry me a bit. And then I would start to think, well, why am I restricting what I can do with my team for, you know, a period of time when I could just go and get KDB, where I could make sure that I can hold... Tony and Watkins rather than have one or the other and things like that so it's massively circumstantial but if the injury is not too bad then he's he's right up there for me and I'm kind of committed to not captain him which is why he's so low for me fifth on my list um, I just if I'm not going to captain him in 25 and the likely is he blanks 26 then it's too much ripping apart of the team and too many sacrifices in other positions that I don't really want to make just to accommodate someone even if he gets 18 points in the double um, it's still a transfer out again after in 26, most likely. And it probably means two or three downgrades elsewhere that might be able to make up that 18 points that I've lost by being able to have someone better. So that's my my viewpoint with him. I, I, I just I just can't see myself spending 27 million on those, on those two players. And if I want to have one, it's Harden. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if to be fair, if, if Liverpool didn't blank in 26, if Liverpool was in the Man City position of doubling 25 and having the fixture in 26, I might be more inclined to have Salah in that circumstance and not Haaland. And then we've spoken about all the good three strikers you can have between Solanke, Tony, Watkins, Darwin. I feel like I would be prepared to go without Haaland for a batch of games and pick three of them. But it's just the fact Harlan that does have that fixture in 26 and Salah doesn't, and it's probably swaying me quite heavily at the moment between them. So I, just, I just don't think like I want both. It just feels too much. And then, yeah, KDB, for me, low for you. You might have changed your mind a little bit over the course of this poll. You might have promoted him up to fifth on the list now or something, but rather yeah. than the bottom. Yeah, well, I, I've just done it on the basis of, you know, what you could realistic or what I thought you know, I would realistically do if I was actually building my team. Obviously, if, if money was no object, then I'd probably go, I'd probably have KDB higher. Um, but by the same token, because it is done based on how I would actually build a team, um, again, if the if the Salah news starts to look bleak, then KDB would probably shoot right up to probably third. It'd probably be Haaland, Trent, and then KDB then. So it would then become the same as you. So yeah, I think the way our two tables are is massively, is massively um, influenced by. I'm a, I'm just a bit keener on Salah if he is fit. Uh, I think yeah. 
But this is, I'm just going to read out a squad quickly. So this is my current wildcard squad that I'm 0.6 short of. And see if you could find someone you'd rather downgrade than Saka in this in, in this team. So I've got Raya and Dubravka in goal. Dubravka's obviously cheap. Raya, because I actually want to play an Arsenal defender every week. And considering the, the high upside defenders with Poro and Stupin and Trent, Trippier, players like this, I don't feel like even if you had double Arsenal defence, even if you've got one Arsenal defender, it's hard to keep justifying to pick them. I know people have moments like Gabriel did this weekend, but on the whole, you want to play the attacking defenders, not the centre-backs. So by putting Raya in goal, it gives me still some Arsenal defensive coverage. Um, the midfield would be Trent, Estupam and Poro as the first choice three, with Gabriel as the fourth defender, and then Branthwaite as the fifth one. Midfield would be De Bruyne and Foden for the Man City double. Um, Saka is in there for the minute, Palmer's in there, and then Garnaccio, and then Haaland, Solanke and Tony are the three strikers, and that team's 0.6 short of being affordable. So the only real option to downgrade maybe the goalkeeper, but then I've only got 4.3 to replace Raya. Is there any good goalkeeper for that? Ariola, maybe, but I don't really want to play Ariola and Dubravka. Mm-hmm. Um, the opportunity of downgrading Saka, say, so still there. I don't have the De Bruyne, I come down from him. Um, or really, it's Tony or Solanke has to come down. And I'm looking at all these players, and who would I rather not have? And it's Saka, of all of those, in my case. But just whether I'm brave enough to go against mm-hmm. him. So he's still in my list as fourth because I, I, he's a perfectly reasonable hole. He plays every game. He plays every minute. He's in a good team. His, his underlying numbers are still fairly good for a midfielder. It's just that his goal output maybe is quite low. Can we get away with, are there more midfielders with sort of higher ceilings for points than him? It probably is, at least at the moment, right, with Richarlison and players like that on the table as well. Yeah. You wouldn't put him in the yeah. fight. The top five, would you, for goal output? I don't think. No, potentially not. But then, but then he's sat there with, um, then he's sat there with 110 points, uh, fourth <laughs> most overall so far. So maybe we should. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be happy with this call. I think the logical play with him is put him in and leave him as an option to move to De Bruyne in 25. If De Bruyne breaks down again or something goes wrong, then you keep Saka through and you'd be okay with that. And equally, if you leave enough money in the bank to get Saka to De Bruyne in 25 and it makes sense in 25, then you can, or Salah, to be fair, could be either of the two of them. I think you can go through with it. So I think he's, he's quite a nice position for us in squads at the minute that he's one of those rare players that you're happy to keep, but there might also be sort of upside in selling him on. And those players are quite useful because it covers things off, doesn't it? So, yeah, I, I could end up keeping him for a bit longer. Um, but both of us have got him quite low, at least in our in our rankings, um, which suggests that yeah. he is disposable. I think a lot of people are thinking about it. Not ideal when he I win five nil, right? And he doesn't get anything. At least I wasn't one of those that captained him as well. I'd be fuming, I think, if I captained someone who won five nil when he got nothing. Yeah. I've- I want to say I did that earlier in the season. Isn't that the second time he's done that this season? Got not much in a massive win. I think it is. Yeah, it's feasible with him. The points are so spread with Arsenal, aren't they? So it's feasible. Um, he's got. He's, he's quite a nice player to hold as well until the Tottenham players come back. We could just keep him for a bit longer till 27, 28 or something, then move him on to a son when he's back or a Madison or something, or even Richarlison if he's still in the team at that point. So no big urge to sell, but possibly some 
some upside instead of him now. Uh, yeah, it was Sheffield, Sheffield United I was thinking of. They won 5-0. He got six points. You were my captain in there as well, I guess. Yeah, I think I did, yeah. Cool. Uh, anything else to add, mate? I will wrap it up. Um, no, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I'll be cheering on a stupid man. I need him to get 19 points for the 100 club tonight, so... Uh, <laughs> let's see what happens. Are you going to pull further away from me and the man on league? I haven't got anyone playing tonight, so you're going to get even yeah. further. Yeah, that. that's stupid, man. I even benched Gordon this week, so count yourself lucky. I've been Saliba's clean sheet, so uh, <laughs> hey, Gabriel, though. So it's all good. All my defenders match Saliba, so he's proved justified. It's my midfielders and strikers that didn't match him, but my back three all got six or more that I played. So Saliba only got six as well. So I didn't lose out, but maybe I should have yeah. played four. Yeah, it's crazy, really. You've got I'm sat on 81 points and my three forwards got five between them. <laughs> How does Did that you... uh, Captain Palmer. Okay, that's where the big difference has come. Yeah, f- fair enough. And I got Shotter. Yeah. I die captain Solanke, but, but yeah, I'm not I'm not begrudging the Palmer manager's points, right? It's, it happens, right? If basically he scores a penalty, and because it's only one 0 he gets max bonus for scoring a penalty. So Lanky takes penalties. He could have easily got a penalty and max bonus, right? But you just need that yeah. luck at the right times, don't you? It's not like he played particularly well or particularly bad. Just circumstances of that match fell in his favour that they got given a penalty and nothing else really happened. So um, yeah, but that's what you get when you pick penalty takers. So uh, see, so yeah, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Cool. Um, well, thanks, mate. Yeah, like, follow, subscribe, everyone, if you if you like this pod. Um, I don't know what we're doing next. We might get another one out before next game week's next Tuesday, right? I think. First yeah. Game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll see a bit more information. We'll have a bit more information around um, the League Cup and FA Cup and stuff, won't we? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if either of us will be tempted to hit the wildcard button once that com- becomes a bit clearer. But if we do, then we should probably... Uh, probably pod on it right <laughs> if I'm going to play the wild card if I'm going to activate the wild card I'm pretty convinced it'll be activated before next Monday night so I, I, it's not something I'm going to do at 5pm on Tuesday like mm. an hour but I'm not one of those managers that'll activate half hour before the deadline I thought to be fair if I, I was definitely going to do it and I would have done it by now but one or two little niggly things keep sort of playing on my mind that stops me from doing it but I, I will commit now that if I'm going to play it this week it'll be before we pod next Monday so yeah, if one of yeah. us do it that can be a talking point of the pod brilliant all right thanks everybody and uh we'll see you next time yeah see you next time